Thank you for tuning in on this week's episode of the NACF podcast featuring senior pastor, Dr. Nida M. Parson. Today we're talking about This is Warfare Part 2. We're continuing from last week's lesson. We have the power to demolish that stronghold. Somebody received that. Tina, thank you for receiving that. Because you hear where I'm coming. So I'll say that again. If you're dealing with anybody and the devil got a stronger hold on them than they have on that issue that, they, that they're going through, we have the power to demolish strongholds. We can pray that thing and break that thing. This is warfare and we've got the power. At this time in our service, this is where everyone can participate. We are doing our worship and giving. Amen. Amen. Somebody's excited. <laughs> there are many ways you can give this morning. If you want to take out your phone, you can give electronically by going to www.newantioch.org. And you can go to the online giving and give that way. You can text to New Antioch Central 77977. Or you can cash app dollar sign new A Central. Also, if you would like to give in person, we have our CFO in the back, my left, your right. Uh, you can give electronically and he'll be happy to help you right now. Or if you want to give by cash or uh, check, raise your hand and our sanctuary attendants will bring you an offering envelope. Let us pray over our offering this morning. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you on this morning. God, we thank you for those who have to give. God, bless them. God, bless them indeed and enlarge their territory. God, we thank you for everything that you have given us, God, and we give back to you. For you said that you would give to those who give, and we thank you right now. God, bless those who have a desire to give but don't have it at this time. Bless them so that on the next time they may be able to give. And God, we thank you for stretching every dollar, every quarter, every nickel that comes into the house. We thank you for stretching it that it meets every need according to your riches and glory. And we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a praise on this morning as we go into our praise and worship. Come on, I like that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's why sometimes it's good to just be in the house. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. We're going to take up where we left off last week. But let's just thank the Lord for a minute for coming in here and filling us up. Everybody that needed that, tell God, thank you, God, I needed that. Thank you, God, I needed that. Hallelujah. We don't take your presence for granted. So we're going to take up where we left off last week. I'm going to just read the same scriptures as our background. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit. We're still going to teach again today a little bit on what I rushed through uh, last week. Um, somebody say, this is war. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, in the New King James Version, is there for you on the screen and we can stand in reverence to the reading of the word of God. And it reads, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by forth. And now we put it up there so y'all can read it. You have to speak the word of God out of your mouth sometime. 
And so I need you all to speak it out of your mouth. Amen. So let's read together. Let's go. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Force. Uh, Luke 16 and 16. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached and everyone is forcing their way into it. Ephesians 6 and 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Then 2 Corinthians uh, 10 and 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Amen. And our topic again this week is this is war. So who's ever out there back there on my uh, PowerPoint, we're going to run real quick. So catch up with me. Uh, those of you that are in middle school and high school, your class is assembling uh, here to my left. Amen. Middle schoolers and high schoolers to my left. This is war. So in this month, these last two months, we have been leveling up evangelism. This is about evangelism. We're going to get some people saved. Amen. And we've learned that evangelism is sharing the gospel story so that people who are unsaved get saved. We are trying to get people out of this world. We talked about last week that salvation, just in case you didn't know, is the all-inclusive word of the gospel. It includes everything. It means to be rescued, to be safe, to be freed, to be forgiven, healed, made whole, born again into a new life. It means you're in a relationship with God. It means your sins are forgiven. It means you're being preserved every day. And it also means that uh, you don't have the penalty or the consequences of your sin. All of that is what salvation means, and we're going to chase that down a little bit more today. So we're leveling up our evangelism, and uh, then our first point was we need to, that this is war, so we need to know the who, what, why, where, when, and how of warfare, because we're in a war, y'all. So we first we started with our why. Why are we at war was our first point last week, and we found out that we're at war because we have an enemy, and the enemy and God have conflicting agendas. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, while Jesus came that we might have life, and that more muddily, they are doing opposite things, so that put us in the middle of a warfare. Uh, and so we're in a war because we have an enemy. He drew first blood. And so now we're going to try to beat him all the way down. All the way down. Anybody mad at the enemy? I want to beat him, Tiffany, all the way down. <laughs> I don't know if he got white meat, but yeah. Beat him down to the white meat. I I don't know what kind of meat he got, but whatever it is, that's what I want to beat him down to. 
Then we talked about who are we at war against? Who are we at war against? We said the war is both inside, outside, and worldwide. Inside the wars with the flesh, outside the wars with the demons, worldwide, the war is with the world system. So if you don't get some of this, then you go back and listen to last week's uh, This Is War. Uh, and then who are we going to war with? We want to look at who was on our team. And I just gave you a little bit of the team. The Holy Spirit is on our team. The angels are on our team. And the intercessors are on our team. We don't necessarily like to fight, but we like the benefits of other people that fight. Uh, and so uh, we need to get in the fight ourselves. Uh, that's like calling your big sister and your big brother to the fight. Then you step back and let them fight. You better jump in there and throw some blows yourself. And you can do that because you understand that whatever you can't handle, big sister and big brother, God, where the Holy Ghost and the angels and the intercessors, they'll do it. The, but I need y'all to jump in there and throw a few blows yourself. That's who we're going to war with. Then we talked a little bit about what are the weapons of our warfare. The what is what are the weapons of our warfare? We talked about prayer, that prayer is the main weapon. We talked about the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus, that's a big one. We talked about the word of God. We talked about praise, all of the weapons that we have to use. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. In other words, they're not worldly, but they are mighty through God. And they will pull down strongholds. They will demolish strongholds. And strongholds are those things that got people, basically anything that got a stronger hold on you than you have on it. And the people that we're praying for, whatever has a stronger hold on them than they have on it, we have the power to demolish that stronghold. Somebody received that. Tina, thank you for receiving that because you hear where I'm coming. So I'll say that again. If you're dealing with anybody and the devil got a stronger hold on them than they have on that issue that, they, that they're going through, we have the power to demolish strongholds. We can pray that thing and break that thing. This is warfare and we've got the power. So we talked about the name, the word, the praise, and I didn't talk about these, but I'll throw two more in there. The cross and the blood the name the praise the word to cross the blood those are bad weapons the name the word the praise the cross the blood and then we talked about when do we fight when do we fight and that's where we're going to start I just ran through the last couple of I ran through when do we fight where is the war zone and how do we win this fight so I got more time today. Thank you, Pastor Kevin, for giving me your time today. Let's finish this up. When do we fight? How do you know when it's time to fight? Well, last week we said you fight when you have somebody to fight for. In evangelism, you should always have somebody to fight for. And so let me ask you this question. Who in your life needs to be saved? Who in your life? Needs to be saved. Now remember, saved means being rescued. So I'm going to ask you all of these different ways because saved means a lot of stuff. God wanted to do so much for us. When we turned our world over to sin, uh, sin brought with it a whole bunch of stuff. And God wanted to erase the, the works of the enemy. He wanted to demolish what sin did to us. And so it was so much stuff that he wrapped all of it up in one word and called it being saved. 
I don't know, I like that every time I say that. All that God wanted to do for you, he wraps up in one word and just call it saved. Hebrew, yasha. The Greek, sozo. All wrapped up in one word. So saved means rescued. So I'm going to ask you this way. Who in your life needs to be rescued? Get these names in your mind. Those of you that are listening, put it in the comments. If you don't mind putting their name out there, put their nicknames. We don't know who you're talking about. But when you really want to save somebody, you don't care. <laughs> I need you to be saved. Remember, you put my name out there. I sure did. <laughs> who in your life needs to be safe? Who in your life needs to be freed? Who in your life needs to be forgiven? I need you. I don't want you to do names. God, we're not playing. We don't. God not dealing in abstracts. He's dealing in people. Who in your life needs to be healed? Healed is a part of salvation. Who in your life needs to be made whole? The Bible sometimes distinguishes between being healed and being made whole. Made whole means there's nothing missing, nothing broken. Healed means whatever was ailing you don't hurt you no more. But whole means there's nothing missing, nothing broken. Who in your life needs to be made whole? Who in your life needs to be born again into a new life? Everybody that just says, I believe in Jesus, not necessarily born again. I, I had to learn that early because people would bring me people they wanted to marry. And I said, they said, oh, yeah, they say he believed in Jesus. She believed in Jesus. So then I asked it a different way. Have they been born again? Now, really, it's the same thing. But, but qualitatively, if I say it that way, what you know what I'm saying is that other spirit in them been gone and they got a new spirit. Have they changed? Have they been transformed? Have they been born again? Because just because you say with your mind you believe in Jesus does not mean that you believed and received him into your heart. I want to know, do you have people in your life that need to be born again? That needs to be in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Do they really have a relationship with God? Who in your life really needs a relationship with God? Salvation also means to be preserved. And it means to be forever freed from the penalties and the consequences of sin. The penalty of sin, the wages of sin is death. Death means separation from God. But with that, the wages of sin, sickness came with it. Mental health issues came with it. Uh, uh, addiction came. All of those things came with sin. And so they do they need to be delivered or freed from the penalty and the consequences of their sins. Sometimes God will even take away the consequences. Now, sometimes y'all need them consequences. There's a difference between a penalty and a consequence. A consequence is the result of something you did. A penalty is added on to the consequence because you had the nerve to do it. Right? Don't pay them taxes. 
The consequence is that they garner your checks. The penalty is that they add some more stuff on and they might put you in jail. Uh, the difference between consequences and penalties. Do they need to be freed from the penalties and the consequences of sin? See, salvation is threefold in its execution. We have been saved. That means our sins are forgiven. We've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. We've been saved. But every day you're being saved. That means you're being preserved. That means God is, God is still moving stuff for you. God is still fixing things for you. So salvation is continuous. You have been saved, and every day you're being saved. You're being preserved. God is holding on to you. God is making sure that your life do what it's supposed to do. That's every day. And then in the end, we're going to be saved. That's when we get rid of this flesh, we get rid of this body, we go to heaven, we live with Jesus happily ever after. The entire process is what it means to be saved. So think about it this way. Um, Y'all know the story of the, of the damsel that's in distress because the dragon got her in the, in the tower. So the dragon got in the tower and the, the, the knight in shining armor comes, he kills the dragon, and he rescues he saves the princess. But he don't drop her off at the bottom of the tower. And say, look, saved you, killed the dragon, I'm out. He takes her with him. And they go through the woods and they go through the forest, wherever they got to go. Takes her with him. Why take her with him? He's protecting her. He's keeping her safe. He's making sure she eats. He's making sure that the elements don't get her. He keeps her protected. He keeps her preserved until he gets her to his kingdom. And once he gets her to his kingdom, they live happily ever after. That entire process is what the word saved means. Jesus came and killed a dragon, took us from devil. Saved us, freed us, broke us from that bondage. But then he stays with us and he preserves us and he protects us and he keeps us clear from the elements. He keeps the devil off of us. He, he takes us through the, he, he makes sure we eat. He makes sure we have shelter. He keep, protects us throughout the rest of this life and we're with him now. And then in the end, he's going to take us to his kingdom where we live happily ever after. The entire process Jesus called, the Bible calls being saved. Who in your life needs to be saved? From here to there. Who needs to be saved? Get that person in your mind. Now what did you do? You got that person. Now fight for them. Some of you, you that person. We're going to get you today. But now you got to fight for them. This is war. Because you got a princess that don't want to come out of the tower sometime. She drunk in the tower. She high in the tower. You see that, that, that dragon has the tendency to try to get you to be comfortable locked in the tower. This fresh off the press. Uh, 
So he gets you high so you don't realize that you're locked in the tower. Kevin told me for the first couple of years he was in prison. He didn't even realize he was in prison. Having fun, doing things, had connections. I don't know what all he did. But he said it, it, took, it took a while before he even realized, dude, you locked up. And, and, and when people that we're trying to get saved, when they're unsaved, it's going to take them a while to even realize they locked up. Matter of fact, you tell them they locked up, they'll tell you no, they're not. Why? Because they high in the tower. <laughs> they having sex in the tower. They eating bad in the tower. I wish they eating good. They ain't eating good. They eating bad in the tower. They got junk food in the tower. They got food in the tower. They got some weed in the tower. And they got sex in the tower. Who would want to come out the tower? If that's all that was going to happen, y'all, just all of y'all would stay in the tower. However, this tower going to burn down. You're never going to get out. You'll never be who you're supposed to be. You're going to get jacked up after a while. All that stuff you're doing is going to kill you in the tower. Who do you know? It's warfare. You got some time. You got to fight them. You got to fight the lies. That they're living in. Y'all know this term they got now called being woke. I'm going to give y'all a scripture on that in just a minute. Y y y sometimes that you got to wake up and realize they haven't woke up yet. They really think they're all right with that dragon. But what is his agenda? I told y'all his agenda. What's his agenda? Steal, kill, and destroy. Who do you know? So it's a fight. It's a fight. It's a warfare. So when do I fight? When do we fight? We fight when things don't make sense. Here's some times that you need that you know you need to be uh, that you need to go into warfare. It's when things don't make sense. Like all of a sudden, this child been going to school every day, been obedient at home. Then all of a sudden. They stand at me, look at me in my face, talking about they hate me, and they mad, and what, what in the world? This don't make no sense. Husband been nice, been attentive, been paying the bills, coming home every night. Then all of a sudden, You see a text, or you see a picture, or you, wait a minute, this don't make no sense. You've been taking your car to this mechanic, this best mechanic in the city, and everything been going good, and now all of a sudden, this, no matter what this guy do, this car ain't going to act right. I done put $1,000 in it, now it's $1,500, and now it's through, wait a minute, this don't make no sense. You're dealing with warfare when things don't make sense. That's when you fight. Now we need to fight because this don't make no sense. We need to fight when issues come back to back out of nowhere. Back to back. First it was the car. Now it was kids. Now my, my, my spouse. 
now it's my extended family. Now it's my back. Now it's my heart. Now I'm getting headaches. Back to back. When you begin to see your attack back to back, you know it's time to do warfare. That's why this is, wait a minute, this is more than just life. Like I told you in the church, uh, uh, Aliante got a fight out there just to get, put the name on the building and put the, and every time we try to do something, somebody's always, you know, pulling things and, and, and the church has been struggling to grow and, and it, it's, and then, and then here to come the county saying we can't build our building right now. We got to wait till they get finished with something. They don't know when they're going to be finished, 2024, 25, whatever we get finished with that. And then over here, then the little owner over here uh, 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 says, you know, we can't, y'all can't handle portables over there. I don't think I want you guys to expand over there. And then I want this much but it's like wait a minute back to back our vit everything in our vision is getting attacked back to back that's when you know it's time to fight when you sense the presence of evil how many of you actually see demons y'all actually see demons thank god god know i'm scary so he ain't never let me see one i I ain't trying to see. Those of you that got the discerning of spirits, the ability to see in the spirit realm, y'all can have that gift. Girlfriend don't want it. I don't want to see nothing. <laughs> but there are those of you who actually see demons, right? How many of you can sense the presence of a demon? Okay. I can sense the presence of a demon. I've never seen a demon, but I've seen them look at me. I'm praying for somebody that demon will look at. I'll see him looking at me through their eyes. And I can feel that something don't, don't feel right. My, my daughter is one of those. She's very, some of you, the reason you can't sleep, the reason you're not comfortable in your home is that you have the gift to be able to discern the presence of evil. So my daughter gets to these things and she can't sleep at night. And she'll just get up. And go walk in her house. And every time she find out that that devil was up to something in her house. Uh, the Holy Spirit and, and some of you are sensitive to what's happening. You walk in church and something just don't feel right. You look at somebody and you look at your family. You say, Wait a minute, this is the atmosphere. How many of you are sensitive to the atmosphere uh, of, your, of your job? You walk in your job and... Mm, that's when you know when to fight. That's when it's time to fight. When you sense the presence of evil. I worked in a mental health facility. Mental health facility, uh, we deal with people who are schizophrenic. Sometimes when they're schizophrenic, the voices that are speaking to them make them really act out and, and, and make them really violent. Um, but, and so we will, you know, that whole rubber room, they do exist. <laughs> I've sent some people too. Um, uh, straight jackets, we'll, we'll uh, do what we call chemical restraint because it's dangerous to physically restrain people. So we do what we'll hold them a little while and give them a shot. We'll give you a shot. We call it vitamin H. Back then, I'm an old school. I don't know what they give folks now. Vitamin H, we call Haldol. <laughs> vitamin H will put you right out and let you sleep it off. But we have given people Haldol. Um, and put them in the room, and they're still screaming, and they're still growling, because we wasn't dealing with their brain. We were dealing with a demon. 
And I could tell the difference between schizophrenia and a demon. Because a demon don't respond to hell, though. <laughs> so when you sense the presence of evil, then it's time to fight. When it doesn't happen right away, it's time to fight. Uh, when what you're praying for, because t technically, technically, um, I shouldn't say technically, biblically, when you cast out a demon in the name of Jesus, they have to flee. They have to. They don't have a choice. Now, they might do some wolf tickets and talk back to you to get you to back off, but they understand they have to go. But if there is resistance from the person that you're trying to cast the demon out of, they are delaying their own deliverance because they don't want to let it go. And they have given it permission to stay. And so when, if it doesn't happen right away, I've been praying for this child, praying for this child, praying for, and it doesn't happen right away. I've been praying for this person. I cast this thing out and they still lying and they still cheating and they still acting a fool and they still violent. That means you need to do warfare because there's a resistance. So that's like Daniel. Daniel went into prayer about something. 21 days, that's what we get the 21 day fast for. 21 days, there was resistance. The Bible says that the, the answer to Daniel was sent immediately. But the warfare in the heavenlies held it up for 21 days. But Daniel kept praying. And so God sent in some reinforcements, set that thing free. One of them stayed and kept fighting with that demon, and the other one brought the answer. So sometimes when it doesn't happen right away, there's a resistance. God didn't, he didn't hide none of this from us. Just read the book, and it'll tell you how to do this. And then sometimes it's timing. God heard you immediately. He answered immediately. You just got to wait for the timing. The example of that is Jesus and that fig tree. He cursed the fig tree. No more shall there be any fruit on you. Nothing happened right then. And Jesus was talking. Jesus was talking. Not just you. In the name of Jesus. Jesus is talking himself. And he cursed this fig tree. But it wasn't until the next day that they saw the results of it. So sometimes it's the timing. Sometimes God did it. But he's just waiting on January. Because I, I need this in a certain timing. I've ordered their steps in a certain way. So you prayed for them right then. God did it right then, but it's not going to manifest until everything else is in place. So sometimes you, 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 you have to keep praying. You have to do the warfare because if it's not happening right away, so either there's a resistance or there's a timing issue. Okay. So that's when you fight. When you fight. When things don't make sense. When issues are back to back out of nowhere when you sense the presence of evil, when it doesn't happen right away, when we have somebody to fight for, this is war. It's, that's when you do warfare, all right? Now, where is the war zone? Where's the war zone? Where do I fight? Remember said, we said fights are what? Inside? Let me show you something. For the person, keep that person in mind, those people in mind that you need to fight for. 
on the inside, and I, and we we hit on this with the with the chick that's high and having sex in the tower. She don't know she locked up right now. People have internal battles keeping them from being saved. People have internal battles. The war is on the inside. And it's keeping them from being saved. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6. All right, I see what you mean by this microphone. Uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6. In the New International Version. So Y'all go ahead and go to it. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6. I know y'all are not used to having your Bible. Oh, good. Somebody got a real Bible in their head. Amen. Oh, I can't. oh, look at all these Bibles. Hey, man, I got seven or eight of them, but I still, I look at them on my phone. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6. In the New International Version, it says, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. This is our ministry to get people saved. Don't lose heart. Don't get discouraged. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. I'm going to hit on that in a minute. You got to get away, get rid of some of your own stuff. We don't use deception, and we don't distort the word of God. So we're not going to, I told y'all last we're not going to make this word of God and make it sound like it's soda pop and, and, and potato chips when it's really bread and water. So we're not going to distort the word of God to make everybody, God going to give you a car, God going to give you a house, God, you know, we're not going to distort the word of God. He will do all that, but that's not really the point. Don't distort the, we're not going to distort the word of God. We're not going to use deception to try to talk you into this. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, tell people the truth. It's the truth that sets people free. Quit telling people what they want to hear, trying to get them saved. You can't get people saved. Tell them what they want to hear. Tell them the truth. We just set forth the truth plainly. Remember, I said that we won't pop the question. When I talk about pop the question, they just laid out the truth, and the people said, what must I do to be saved? So set forth the truth plainly. We commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. I won't explain that right now. Even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. They don't get it. They don't see it. It's veiled to them. She don't know that she's getting ready to get destroyed and blown up in that tower. He don't know that these streets is getting ready to turn on him. They don't know that this relationship that they've given up everything for is going, not going to be for their good. They don't know. They have been veiled. The truth has been veiled. So the, if our gospel, if our good news is veiled, it's veiled to those that are perishing. They don't get it. Why? The God, here's the warfare. The God of this age, lowercase g, the little g, the God of this age, the devil, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. He's blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of God, the glory of Christ, who's the image of God. 
So their people are blind. They have internal things that are going on inside of them that blind them to the good news that the night has come to save you from the tower. That dragon is going to kill you. And here he comes. He's going to save you. He's going to take you to a kingdom. You're going to live happily ever after when you should get to him, his kingdom. But they're blind to it because the God of this age, meaning the enemy, the devil has blinded their minds of people who are unbelievers. They're blind. The gospel is veiled. They can't, they don't get it. So they cannot see the light of the gospel. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord and ourselves as servants for Jesus sake. Now listen, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine into our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory. So the only reason you're saved is because God turned the light on. You were blind. You didn't get it. You thought you were having a good time. You thought you couldn't be saved. I don't know what you thought before you got saved. I don't know what you were into before you got saved. But all of a sudden, God turned the light on, and you were able to see it. You were blind, but now you see. You're like the guy. Like, I don't know. All that y'all asking me, this is what I do know. I once was blind, but now I see. So there are things in people that block the light. From, so, so, so they're blind. And I think the, the dumbest thing is, this is why you don't have long arguments with teenagers and young adults, especially you don't have long arguments with five-year-olds. God, God gave me this analogy once. It's like you can see they're blind and you arguing with them about what you can see. How your blind self Gonna tell me what I don't see. I'm looking at it. I can see it. You're blind, and we're having this long conversation trying to get you to see what I see because you're telling me that I don't see what I see, and you're the one blind, and I'm the one that says, see. Why are we having this conversation? They're not gonna see it. They're blind. They're not gonna see it until somebody deals, deals with their blindness. They're blocked from seeing what you see. It's all y'all that like to have long conversations with intellectuals. And they try to tell you this, and they try to tell you that, and all that stuff. And, and they blind, baby. That's why we need a supernatural divine weapon. Your mouth is not the supernatural divine weapon. Unless your mouth is filled with the word of God and the power of God is behind what you say, arguing with that man is not going to let him see. You got to do the warfare. This is war. So what are the blockers? Or what kind of things are black people? Trauma. When we, when we get to mental health month, we're going to talk some about trauma uh, from ACS. But trauma, things that people have been through blocks the light from being seen. That's why you got to do the warfare. Things that people have been through, that they've been raped, that they've been molested, that their parents left them, that they've been abandoned, that they've been abused, um, they've seen too much, they've, they've seen th seeing things in the street and seeing people, it's trauma, trauma, death, 
loss of you know, loss of loved ones. They just been through some stuff, really bad sickness. They've been through some stuff. And so they either mad at God or they struggling with God or they think that they're responding out of their own wisdom because they don't understand that their wisdom has been distorted, has been changed by what they've been through. Trauma. Deceptions. They believe stuff that ain't true. Demonic conversations. They can't, they can't hear what you're saying. They can't see the light because the devil's talking to them. They're just demonic conversations. Tell them they don't, like, they don't like you. They didn't call you. They're not dealing with you. That's why some of you haven't been to church since the pandemic because of demonic conversation. That's why some of you can't, don't want to come out of your sins because of demonic conversations. You think you need it. You think it, God, the devil tells you all kinds of stuff. So while you're trying to talk to them about the word of God, they're talking to you. I mean, the devil is talking to them with these demonic conversations. And when you're in a certain place, you believe everything the devil say. Tell the truth. You believed it. You believed it. You believed it. You got God. You got God. Go on and go on admit I'm gettable. I'm gettable. I know you think you're the slickest thing in the room. Oh, play a, play a, uh, what y'all say? Game, no game. Game, recognize game. You ain't playing game, recognize game. Yeah, uh, the devil got some game you didn't even recognize. Quit lying. You got God. <laughs> you believed it. He said something and you believed it. Demonic conversation. And some of you, it's long-standing, some of them are you, it's long-standing issues and desires. I've just, I'm in the tower. And, and, and my flesh is having a good time. And, and I've, wanted, I've wanted this for a long time. I just, you know, I'm, I, I don't know who I'd be if I stopped smoking. I don't know who I'd be if I stopped drinking. I don't know who I'd be if I left you know, the sex alone. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know no other life but this. This has been in me for a long time. And then we said, they think everybody in my family like this. That generational stuff, long-standing issues and desires. Remember when, when Jesus began to pray for this, the disciples could not cast this demon out, this little boy. Jesus comes down and he said, what's going on? He said, I brought him to my disciples. They couldn't cast him out. Can you help me? Jesus asked a question. How long? Has it been in him? Right? Jesus, because he, has, he had all power, Jesus cast the demon out. The Bible says, the boy said, the man said, it's been with him since he was a child. So Jesus does his little thing. He cast him out. The disciples asked Jesus later, uh, we've been casting out devils since you gave us that power. And then we cast him out. He wouldn't go. Why couldn't we pass him out, cast him out? First, Jesus said, it was your lack of faith because he resisted you and then you backed up. When he didn't come out the first time, y'all y'all freaked out. And there's a lack of faith. He said, how be it? This kind. Come out for nothing but fasting and prayer. So sometimes um, the long-standing issues, you got to fight for them through fasting and prayer. So that's the war zone that's inside. Then the war zone could be outside. Is the demon in the house? I can't. 
Where's the war zone? The war zone might be in your house. Is the demon in the house? Do you need to do some sweeping of your house? Do you need to pray in every room of your house? Are there some things that you need to get out of your house? Y'all? You can't rebuke a demon you sleeping with. What you mean, Pastor? I'm trying to rebuke this promiscuous spirit off my kids. And I still watch porn in my room. I'm finna hurt you now. You got your bucket of chicken, your potato chips, a six pack of soda. Y'all need to quit smoking that weed. Lord, rebuke that weed smoking demon off my child. Lord, that lying spirit, that, that, that addict, spirit of addiction, take it off my brother right now in the name of Jesus. How are you going to rebuke the demon that you're sleeping with? My child act like they out of control. They hollering and they scream. They yelling. They fighting at school every day. And then they come home and you fighting with your spouse every day. Y'all fussing. Y'all fighting. Y'all arguing. And you trying to rebuke a spirit off your child that you sleeping with yourself. Is the demon in the house? Is it in the area that they occupy? So it could be at work. It could be the friends that they're hanging with. Uh, so the war zone from the outside, find out where that demon is, is who they're hanging with. And then worldwide, that's, that's outside. Worldwide is, is it in the atmosphere? Is the fact that you're just living in a place that has demons in the atmosphere that are affecting what's going on with those people that you're fighting for? So am I fighting it up here? That's the war zone. This is just a spirit that's in this city. It's a spirit that's just coming everywhere. And so it's affecting now the people that I love. Is it is this the spirit here? Is it in is it right on the outside, in their atmosphere, in the house, in the job, in the people that they're hanging with? Or is it something on the inside? So the warfare has to be inside, outside, worldwide. So how do we win this war? So we talked last week about 
casting out demons in the name of Jesus, getting rid of the interference at every level of the battle, sharing the word of God. Uh, and so we're not going to go back over there. here. Here's what I didn't get to last week, and then we'll be done. How do we do this? First, identify the demon you're dealing with. What demon are you dealing with? Is it deception? Is it addiction? Is it lasciviousness? Lasciviousness. That's that one me and lasciviousness have been fighting. He comes and I beat him up and then he comes back. Lasciviousness is a lack of self-control. Just lustful. Just want stuff. The lack of self-control. Can't make yourself do nothing right, but you steady doing a bunch of stuff wrong. Lasciviousness. What demon are you dealing with? Is it insecurity? Is it fear? Is it doubt? And that's true. I'm, I'm, I put it, you, we supposed to be talking about evangelism, but it looks like I need to talk about us. But we're talking about evangelism. So what spirit are they dealing with? God, show me what this person that I'm fighting for is dealing with. What demon is this? Because you might think it's this and it's, and it's really that. You might think it's anger and it might be depression. You might think it's anxiety and it might be trauma. So, have, so identify. Often Jesus would say, what's your name? Tell me, what's your name, demon? Or of course, sometimes he would identify. He, he would call it an unclean spirit. He would call it a spirit of you deaf and dumb spirit. Sometimes Jesus would identify uh, what spirit. So sometimes you need to identify what demon you're dealing with. Then choose the right weapon. Choose the right weapon. We talked about a few weapons. Here's how you choose the right weapon. Sometimes, I'm just going to give you a few things. If it's inside, use the word. Because the battle is in their mind. It's the deception. And so you want to inundate them with the word. If you're struggling with the kids in your house or, your, or young adults or people that are in your purview, give them the word. Buy them a book. Have them read something with you. You, gotta, you have to replace those lies with the truth. So give them the word. So they say something crazy to you, come back at them with the word. If that, that inside battle is broken by the word of God. So I said, you know, I'm never going to be anything. The Bible, uh-uh, sweetheart, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. You can do all things that through Christ that strengthens you. Quit telling yourself you can't do this, baby. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. You got some of your uh, lazy, lazy kid in the house. Get the scripture. You know, the Bible said those who don't work shouldn't eat. Why these kids won't get a job? Because you keep feeding them. Give them the word. <laughs> but what you're doing is you're renewing their mind through the word of God. So with the inside battles, talk to scriptures about freedom. Whatever it is they're dealing with, go look up some scripture. It's so easy now. Google a thing. Quit saying, I just don't know the word of God that much. Google it. Let me tell you how to do that. You go to Google. Or whatever. What else can they go to? You ask Alexa. That's right. Ask Siri. What does the Bible say about peace? What does the Bible say about fornication? What does the Bible say about adultery? What does the Bible say about drug use? Find the scriptures, give them the word for that internal battle. 
Give them the truth. The truth sets people free. And then that's fasting and prayer. You may need to fast and prayer. Pray for somebody who is dealing with an internal inside battle. If the battle is on the outside, the name of Jesus. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous makes much power available. Your prayer and casting out in the name of Jesus and then praise, especially if it's in your house. Put your house in an atmosphere of praise. Make the devil uncomfortable. If you're going to come up in here, you're going to hear about Jesus all day. That, 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 that deals with that outside. Look at this, Mark, Mark 5 and 8. Mark 5 and 8, Jesus went up to, to the, the Gadarenes, and this guy, this crazy man comes out, and he begins saying, Jesus, what, what, don't mess with me and stuff. He said, the Bible says in Mark 4 and 8, for Jesus had said to him, one sentence, come out of this man, you unclean spirit. You cast him out just like Jesus did. Come out. Come out of this man, you unclean spirit. For us, in the name of Jesus, come out. You, unsp you spirit of fear, come out in the name of Jesus. That's how it's done. And then, again, if there's more resistance, you do the effectual fervent prayer. Effectual fervent prayer. That fervent prayer is prayer where you really mean what you're saying. And you say it with fervency. And you say it repeatedly. Some of us pray, but it's not effectual fervent prayer. You're not really serious about what you're praying. So it's, um, and my, uh, I could keep going back to kids. I guess most of probably with kids, but we'll do kids, husbands, boss. Let's do boss. Boss, this, this man, I'm tired of coming to this job, dealing with this spirit. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I cast out this prejudice, this oppressive, this this uh, OCD, this compulsive spirit over this man in the name of Jesus. God, I need you to save him. I need him you to change him. He's making life difficult. I don't want to be stressed all day. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to break up the spirits that are happening. In who, Lord, help me. I got to go to work today. That ain't no effectual fervent prayer. Lord, if you don't touch this man, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's not an effectual, fervent prayer. Effectual, fervent prayer is focused. It's, it's done in faith, believing, and it's done with power. Really, really pray for those people that need to be saved. And then that's inside, outside, and then worldwide. Worldwide, uh, for what's going on in the world, we need prophetic prayer prophetic prayer that means you pray until the holy spirit takes over and the holy spirit tells you what to say the holy spirit tells you what to say in prophetic prayer like i, I was praying i was going this direction but the holy spirit took me in this direction because the holy spirit knows where the warfare is and he begins to pray through you. And corporate prayer. That's why we pray together. You all get ready for this next month's prayer. Uh, we, we switched it up a little bit because God is calling us to warfare. So that's why I've been teaching on warfare. God is calling us to warfare. We are under attack. And so we need to pray corporately for what's going on around our church. What do you do when you pray? You receive a prayer strategy. 
And that's why I lost some of you. I just lost you. You know what? Because now it got hard. Okay, now I got to get a spread. That means I got to do this for a minute. But I want to ask you this question. How bad do you want that person saved? And remember, save me, rescue, freed, forgiven, made whole, born again, preserved, freed from the penalty and consequences. How bad do you want that person saved? If everybody in here just wanted that wanted your just one, you just get in your mind somebody that you care enough about to do the warfare for. Do you this how this is how many new people would be getting saved? Do you care enough? How bad do you want that person? saved you might need some strategy but what are some possible strategies one strategy god might give you to build a relationship increase your influence with that person and then lead them out because leadership is influence so you might build a relationship your strategy might be i just need to build a relationship with this person i have influence with them now they kind of into me and now i can lead them out of that tower so sometimes you don't get to, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it this way. Sometimes you got to get in the tower with them. But don't start doing what they're doing in the tower. So you need to visit them in the tower and then get back out. Or you need to stand outside the tower and talk until you talk to them. <laughs> some of y'all ain't ready to go back to the tower. Some of y'all need to stay way over here. But those of you that are ready, that can go back to the tower without, without hitting that crack pipe. If you can go back to the tower without huffing and puffing in the bed with them. But develop relationship till they trust you, then you can lead them out. That's what Jesus did. We was too ignorant to come out. We was too blind to come out. So he had to come down here. He had to get in a tower with us and lead us out. But he wasn't trying to do what we was doing in the tower. Um, or it might be fasting and repetitive prayer until it happens. I'm going to fast and pray for this until I see God change it. That's what we lost some of y'all. How bad do you want them saved? Or it could be pushing the word. Just push the word. Here, give them this book. Here, give them that book. Say this. God, what do you want me to say to this person today? He'll give you what to say. Or decree and declare the outcome and then leave them to whatever the Lord does or allows. For some of you, and it might be people that you're close to, you just need to decree and declare the outcome. This person this man this woman is going to be saved and changed in the name of Jesus God and I release them to you the hard part is you leave them alone to whatever the Lord does because sometimes it gets ugly y'all war gets ugly sometimes you got to let them hit the wall sometimes you got to let them burn their hand sometimes you got to let their sins beat them up to the white meat. <laughs> and they'll finally wake up. That's a hard one. But sometimes, y'all, sometimes you got to release these kids. Sometimes you got to release these spouses. God, I'm going to declare in the name of Jesus what I want you to do and what I believe you're going to do. Then I'm going to stand back and God, whatever you do. And it's all right to cry. <laughs> when God whooping him, it's all right. It's, it's, it's all right. 
but that might be the strategy. The strategy might be to pray and wait. The strategy may be to lay on hands. That's what my, my grandmother would lay on. My grandmother used that chair strategy, put them in a chair, and she went to praying and talking, praying and talking until, until God changed them, and they wasn't getting out that chair until they was ready to be saved. So God may need to have you lay on hands, <laughs> and sometimes lay on hands. And man, can I have five more minutes, uh, Keith? Because Keith be want me to be done at a certain time. <laughs> We're going to be late again, but I'm teaching. I'm teaching, Keith. I'm sorry. I do want to share this with you. Isaiah 59 and 19. Isaiah 59 and 19. Because this is what we need to do for our church. Um, okay, Holy Spirit. I'm not going to unpack all of this. I'm not going to unpack all of this. We'll unpack all of this because we're getting ready to have a war room. We're going to get ready. We're doing a war room. That's why I was going to in April. We're going to switch it up a bit. We're in warfare. We're going to do a war room. I'll explain, I'll explain this then. But this is Isaiah 59 and 19. You guys have heard the scripture. Um, uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God will raise up a standard against them. Well, there's a lot of controversy on how to, how to explain that, that uh, scripture. Some people say, um, when you look at the original, it says, when the, they say, when the enemy comes in like a flood, then the Spirit of God will raise up a standard, a blockage against him. Some say what it really means is when the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of God. So it's the Spirit of God that's, that's the flooding, that the spirit of God is the one that is rushing in. But and so we'll unpack this. Uh, we'll unpack this next week. But see what. But the bottom line is the standard that will be raised against the enemy. We need to pray a standard to be raised against the enemy. Some of you, that's what you need in your home. That's what you need for your family. That's what you need on your job. You need the Lord to raise up a standard against the enemy. And for this church, that's what we're going to pray for. The enemy keeps coming at us. Lord, what we need you to do is raise up a standard against him so he cannot get through to penetrate us in the name of Jesus God we're going to pray until there's a standard raised up against the enemy for we have hit a demonic nerve by declaring that we were going to get people saved this year and we were going to expand the kingdom by serving the community so the enemy has been disrespectful Tiffany oh y'all going to get some people saved well I'm coming in like a flood y'all going to get some people saved but I'm going to come rushing in so we need to stand on this word and pray up a movement of the spirit a flood of a spirit to raise up a standard against the enemy of this ministry because this is war we have the power and we have the authority we have more powerful weapons than he has we have the strategies y'all and victories don't come by accident we know why we're fighting we know who we're fighting against we know who we're fighting with we know what our weapons are we know when to go to war we know where the war is we know how to win all 
I need to know, or are you one of those violent ones? Remember, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent, and the violent ones take it by force. That word was biastai, the biastai, the violent ones, the ones that don't mind fighting. Do I have anybody in here that's biastai? I'll take this thing by force. I don't mind fighting the enemy. This is war. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm biastai. I'm crazy. I'm going to come after the enemy. I'm biastai. I'm going to pray until I pray that that stronghold down. I'm biastai. I'm going to raise up a standard against the enemy. I'm going to pray till this boy gets saved. I'm going to pray till this girl quit lying. I'm going to pray till my husband come home. I'm going to pray till my wife shut up. I'm going to pray until my job is a place where people are getting saved. I'm going to pray till them drugs leave. I'm going to pray till that alcohol leave. I'm going to pray till I leave. Till that my flesh is under control. Where are the biastai? Where are the violent ones? Where are the ones who will take the kingdom by force? Somebody holler, take it. This is war. Now I need a war cry with that. Now tell somebody across the room, tell them, take it. This is war. Y'all don't know how to do a war cry. Do I gotta find somebody to know how to do a cry? War cry. Come on. Somebody say, take it. This is war. This is war. So get that person in mind. Get that person in mind. Choose a weapon. Receive a strategy. Go to war. Uh, the Biasta. Get that person in mind. Whoever's doing a doing the Facebook. Put that in there. Get that person in mind. Choose a weapon. Receive a strategy. Go to war. Get that person in mind. You got him? You got him? You got him? Choose a weapon. You got it? You might have to go review the message, but choose a weapon. Choose a weapon. The word. The cross, the blood, the name, the praise, effectual fervent prayer. Choose a weapon. You got it. Receive a strategy. Is it going to be relationship? Is it going to be fasting and prayer? Choose a strategy. Get it from the Holy Spirit and go to war. Y'all, this is war. If you want them, you're going to have to take them. You're going to have to take them. You're going to have to take them. Oh, you know, yeah. One of, my, one of my folks that was fighters and just sell wolf tickets, y'all. Oh, yeah, you want this? You're going to have to take it. That's somebody that was confident in their warfare. So, so we're confident. Devil, this is mine. <laughs> you, you can't have this right here. And you ain't bad enough to take it. 
but I'm bad enough to take it from you. Because some of y'all, somebody said, somebody say, you want it, take it. Y'all got any really beastide people up in here? Was you one of them? Was you one of them? Say, oh, you want, they got start with you. Oh, you want this, you're going to have to take it. You're like, no problem. That's who God is looking for because that's what the devil is up. He's selling wolf tickets. That's what he's saying to you. He said, you want your kids? You're going to have to take it. You want your marriage? You're going to have to take it. You want your finances, right? You're going to have to take it. You want your health? You're going to have to take it. I need some beyond people that say, oh, I got to take it. That ain't no problem. Father, in the name of Jesus, you have given us supernatural weapons. You told us that the violent take it by force. God, we don't have a problem with that because we are the violent ones. Uh, We want these people saved. You want these people saved. And so God, give us the strategy. Show us which weapon. We're coming after them, God. Because this is war. And Satan, we serve you notice. You have come against this ministry. And this ministry is coming against you. We're coming against you. In the name of Jesus. We have weapons of mass destruction. We have the confidence of the Holy Spirit you are not going to destroy the mission and the vision of this church we're going to take it by force what belongs to us in the kingdom of heaven for what God has released in the heavenlies we bring it down to earth we want to bring your kingdom here thy kingdom come thy will be done in New Antioch, in our families, in our finances, in our health, in our ministry, in our mission, in our vision, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we thank you. We thank you in advance. Break everything. Now, if you believe God broke that chain, come on and give him a praise in this house. Come on and give him praise in the house. This is your warfare. This is your war cry. Break every chain. Thank you for breaking the chain, God. Thank you for delivering, God. Thank you, God. The praise is your weapon. Hallelujah. Break every chain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for being with us today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now walk in it. Walk in it. Don't give up. Some of you give up after one battle, but a war is a multitude of battles. But that's all right if you win it every time. You don't mind having a a season that got 80 games. As long as you win it, all of them. <laughs> as long as you win it, all of them. Baseball got hundreds of games. They don't mind as long as they winning them. And so, it's, it's not a one and done. 
We got to keep going. So keep fighting throughout this week. And we are winning. And we'll be back next Sunday. Amen. Doing the same thing. Don't forget to connect with your community groups. Because this is what you discuss, what we discuss on Sunday. It's what we discuss in our Bible study groups. Amen. Amen. Don't forget our, we're in our 2022 rally. So whatever offering, we put, either put it aside at the end of April. We need to have raised uh, $40,000 for our budget for the year. Uh, how are we doing? Do we have the flight? The, where are we at? Where are we? We're at 21, y'all. We're more than halfway there. All right, we got one more month. Don't give up. Let's keep this going. Amen. We're at 21,000. Keep giving to our rally. Spring break registration. We have many things. You guys are fighting for your kids. You can't fight for your kids. Again, it's the enemy you're sleeping with. If you're complacent and you're lazy and you procrastinate and that you want God to do something for your kids, you can't cast out a demon or rebuke a demon you're sleeping with. We need your children to be active in church. You can't give them to the devil all week and then want them to be better. They need to come here. So we have some things for them for spring break. If they're in middle school and high school, um, we're going to be with them Sunday, the night, uh, Sunday, April 10th. Uh, here, I'm going to be spending some time with those young people um, from six, and they'll have a movie night. We'll keep them late, uh, keep them busy. Then Monday, we're going to have workshops for them all day, starting at 8:45. And then Tuesday, we're taking them to Magic Mountain. The entire thing um, is $135. Uh, per child, and that covers all three days, including their Magic Mountain food, all of those things. Uh, so they are outside now um, in the lobby to take registrations. Even if you don't have all of the funds now, at least let us know that your children are going. Yes, they can bring their cousins and their friends, and we're doing evangelism. I don't care who they bring. If they come up here with demons, we're going to cast them out, but bring them on. <laughs> We don't bring them on. So, uh, so that's get the flyer. It has all the information on it. Uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain. But it's really our tw 2022 level up spring break activities for our, our teenagers, middle school and high school. And then ages three to grade five, there's another flyer. It looks like this. So, so on the screen, they're going to have the end of the week. So they're going to have Thursday all day from 8 to 3.30 crafts. Um, is their spring break day camp. So crafts and lessons and breakfast and lunch, I'm going to be with the children as well uh, during that time. Uh, and then they're going to have a family affair on uh, April 15th that night, uh, pizza, popcorn, a movie. That one is $25 per child, $15 if you want the T-shirt, an extra $15 if you want the T-shirt. And there's a link. You need to get this to register your children. Please don't let them stay home and watch video games and whatever the devil got for them all spring break. Let us work with your children. We're trying to save you trouble later. Amen. So let us put Jesus in your children. So sign your children up for that. Um, and then... Um, Get ready. We're having a, our evangelism is going out. We're going to go out to the community. We want everybody to join us for an Easter extravaganza. It'll be here on the campus, food, crafts, Easter basket, 
everything that's going to be April the Saturday, April the 16th, 12 to 2. Bring the community here. So we're going to get the word out and have the community come to our campus on April 6th. That's the day before Easter. And hopefully we can get them to stay over for our Easter Day program, which is going to be off the chain. I was told I can't give you all all the details, but you do not want to miss all of the, the miss this year's level up. Easter program, but we need to contact the community. So put those things on your calendar. Amen. Um, and then if those of you that need to be baptized or have your children need to be baptized, um, you can see we need their names so we know how many people need to be baptized. You can tell those that are in the connections department um, that are right outside these double doors. You can tell one of them to get your names or you can see uh, Faith or, Ta or Tara and give them their names for those of you. But we are going to do baptism. We haven't done it in two years. That's all right. You know, the Lord understand. And you, but we do believe in baptizing. So baptismal service will be May the 1st, but we need to gather the names. Amen. That's all we're going to talk about today. God bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for visiting us today. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for what you had to say to us today. We thank you for fighting for us and with us today. God, seal this word in their hearts. Give them to walk on it. In the mighty name of Jesus, now send us out into this week to receive those just ones that need to be saved. Thank you for tuning in today. Hope this message really reached you. If you'd like to know more about our campuses, you can visit our central campus at newantioch.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dot org. Or for our Aliante campus, you can visit us at newantioch-aliante.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dash A-L-I-A-N-T-E. If you'd like to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so by texting New Antioch to 77977 for Aliante Campus. Or for Central Campus, that's New Antioch Central at 77977.